Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is entitled At Your Door. It was written by Ellen Eisenwill, Mark Morrison, Barbara Manoui, Chris Adams, Scott D. Anielowski, and Herbert Hyde. I'm your game master, and this is episode 27. Our recap will be given by Keith Craig as his character, Dr. Heather Mills. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Keith. Thanks. Uh, write this letter. Jack, it's Dr. Mills. Enclosing this envelope is the certification of your completion of field study for this semester. I include it in this letter as I'm worried I won't be making it back to San Damiel. Please be careful. There is a traitor in full wilderness that is undermining all our efforts. Just know that the that humani humanity is depending on us, even though most do not know, know this. We've stumbled upon a conspiracy too horrific to imagine. We've, we watched the movement of that strange statue at the museum. Reverend, Reverend Lolly was, was there with the chauffeur. We went and spoke with it, but it was not the missing chauffeur. It was another one. Horrifyingly enough, Dr. Carlisle and Dr. Liege were able to confirm that Lolly cast a snake shadow similar to the uh, man that committed all those murders in the lab. What is going on here? Are these reptiles, are they warming the planet to make it more ha habitable for them? And if so, what do they plan to do with us? I shudder to think, think what, that, what they would do if they became the dominant species. Dr. Carlisle seemed to remember uh, something about an ancient god called Yig, who the snakes worship. He said it was uh, based in Kansas. I would have laughed at him uh, a month ago, but now I just don't know. Dr. Uh, Flores and Dr. Evans have an appointment uh, for a dinner with Reverend Lolly uh, on Sunday afternoon. I hope that they do make it back. Meanwhile, our investigation into the ownership of the Black Dragon turned up a disturbing moment. Dr. Flores broke in to, you know, he snuck into Finley's house under a charade. He's been learning from the master myself. And uh, while he was in there, Dr. Carlisle was able to steal a uh, journal that the Mrs. Finley was writing in. Or, awfully, it uh, confirmed her suspicions. It was a cookbook, a cookbook for humans. I'm glad I didn't eat meat at that place and just had a few drinks. Whatever you do, Jack, do not give this to anyone at Full Wilderness. Watch yourself. If you choose to go back to Berkeley, I understand. But hopefully I do see you again. Excellent. All right. So where did we leave off? Are we uh, back at the... Uh, we, you all Everyone was headed back to the hotel. Tell. All right. And it's a uh, Saturday evening. Yep. That's right. All right. So Saturday evening, what would you like to do? Hmm. Okay. So, other, uh, other than peruse the cookbook. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to even do that. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, so what is your... But it, do we have a plan do you, for you guys to signal if you get get in trouble tomorrow? I don't. Uh, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think we're gonna be able to snuggle a walkie-talkie into this dinner. I think it's much too. Um, 
you know, his, his uh, security is much too serious for that. Uh, what I, as far as I know that, also, I think <laughs> they'd probably remove a flare gun from our person. Um, I think Margaret and I plan to uh, eat heavily and rest well tonight and uh, speak our special chant. Uh, maybe during the break after the uh, service and before the dinner begins. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you guys should come to the service independently of us and do your own scouting. See right. if there's any, you know, see what the lax points of the security inside the building are. We know outside it's, you know, it's named a citadel for a reason. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, but this is an idea I had. Uh, well, we could, once you guys go to the, the dinner, we could hang out by a payphone. We'll get the number off the payphone. If you guys get, feel, feel things are going south, excuse yourself to go to the bathroom and call, give us a call. And, you know. <clears throat> now, just something I thought of too. Highly doubtful, but if Mrs. Finley does attend the dinner, you, Desmond, you just spoke with her. She might be blow your cover. I don't, I don't think she's going to be there. Just maybe have some sort of contingency story to weave, weave around it. Yeah, when, when I was concerned that, that uh, Dr. Finley was in town with his wife, I was more worried about them knowing Lully personally and showing up. Um, I imagine tomorrow she's going to run around trying to figure out who stole her cookbook manuscript and not be going to church. Uh, she also didn't seem terribly Christian, and I imagine you can't smoke anywhere inside the Citadel. I don't think she goes without a cigarette for more than eight or nine minutes at a time. But yeah, I'll, we'll think about it. If she's there, you know, I think panic mode ensues pretty much automatically. Right. I'm also hoping that, you know, um, I mean, I like the idea of, the, of you guys being near a payphone, at least, at least some of you. Uh, but I don't know what, you know, I can't count on being able to get in an office to use a phone. We're going to be on some special upper floor. Right. And, the king, Alaskan king crab. And then I don't know what placing a phone call is going to do. I mean, if we're in a situation like that already, we have to figure it out on our own. At least I'd know to leave, though. At the very least, maybe we could find you some small knives that you could keep tucked into your underwear somehow. Yeah, I bet I could get something under a belt buckle that wouldn't uh, set off any alarms. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, depending on what's on the menu, there might be steak knives present if push really comes to shove. I think that the... Uh, the endurance chant is really going to be the make or break for his survival. I mean, if this, you know, if Loli was able to kill a whole lab of people all by himself, I'm not sure what stashing a couple of tiny knives is really going to do for us. Okay. Yeah, I really do not want to uh, be the subject of some unleashed serum like what we saw at the lab. I do not want to become a pink goop on the ceiling. But this is his Citadel. I assume that what he's doing is a power grab, not a detonating button. 
Uh, where are we eating? And I only want to see plants. Mm. There's a lot of places to eat in Toronto. Yeah. According to the map, there's a, yeah. According to their map, map there's a good vegetarian place near the museum. I was gonna say there there's a uh, an Oriental restaurant with an explosive atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you I'm the- hoping if we have a lot to eat and sleep beforehand that we won't be totally wiped out when the endurance chant wears off. Let's go get some dinner. Yep. All right. So you head out to a nice little restaurant and you have a delicious meal and the evening goes on. Um, Ultimately, you return to your hotel and uh, get your rest. Uh, The services... What are the services? Did I already tell you the time? You did. I didn't write it down. Mm. Uh, like ten, ten, to, ten to one, I believe, on Sundays. But I jotted down. Yeah, the doors open at ten for the service. The crowd starts forming at nine. She said, "the the lady that sold us our tickets." Okay. And the show goes on for a while with music and money collecting and all that sort of stuff. All right. So you How long is a while? A couple of hours. Okay. <laughs> and then you're going to get a tour. And then you're going to have... Really, it's... I don't remember what time I said that it would be, but we'll say it's more like a afternoon, late afternoon dinner. Right. Yeah. Um. All right, and who's going again? It's uh, Dr. Flores and Dr. Mills. Uh, well, no. So Flores I and have the tickets. Yeah, we have the tickets to the, the dinner, to the tour after the show, and then the dinner. And you're all going to the, the religious thing. Yes. All right. Well, when you arrive, there are already crowds of people. The... Uh, the golden stairs or whatever they're called. They are escalators. So it's like a gigantic escalator that's taking people up to the, uh, the front doors, which are now open. Um, you, you go up those, there's people handing out, you know, little small programs. Um, they're all dressed in white. Uh, you go up the stairs, you walk into the lobby. Uh, you can see where the restrooms are. You can see where, you know, uh, there are in fact refre- refreshments, but they're all basically water and uh, and coke and um, coffee. Yeah, there's there should be coffee there as well. How is the church coffee, Doctor Carlisle? Uh, I just wanted to ask how how many people does this arena fit? Are we talking ten thousand people, five hundred people? Thousand's not a lot, is it? Um, I'd say I'd say it's still though. It's going to be about ten thousand because it's yeah, for, and they're talking about talking, building a new. If we're yeah. talking mega church, ten thousand would be, yeah, appropriate. How is the church coffee? Um, kind of watered down. 
not very strong. MJB. Those cold-blooded bastards. They put one one scoop in for the pot. Yeah. Those sons of bitches. All right. Well, how much um, I picked to get in here? <laughs> um, I'm going to head toward the uh, seats as soon as we can. I'm going to try and get as close. But like I said, I don't want to sit with Margaret or Desmond at all. Uh, it's it's uh, stadium seating, so it's uh, it's sloped down towards the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that there's television equipment and various things like that. The place is rather dramatically lit. Um, there is a projection coming from somewhere up onto the stage that looks like clouds floating by. It's all very uh, commercial. Mm-hmm. What, what's security looking like? Well, I mean, standard. You, you see people on either sides of the door, and mostly they're, they're just people who are helping you to find a place to sit and, and so forth. Um, there's, if, we, if we present our special dinner tickets, do we get special uh, VIP seating for the sermon? Actually, yes, you do. They put you in the golden circle, and there you... Uh, you you basically you get a really good seat from right there. It's 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 one level up, but it's dead center in the front. So you're right. Right. There there's seats that go below us, but we're right. Even with the stage. But it's kinda hard, you know, when you're sitting right in front of the stage that you're having to set like this. So you have the, the best seats for the, the show. Nice. And uh it takes a while, it takes, you know, forty minutes or so for people to get their seats and yeah. Um, there's there's people from all walks of life. There's mm-hmm. people that are well dressed. People that are you know, kind of averagely dressed. Um, there's people that look like they're inappropriately dressed in shorts, and um, it's not it's not what church used to be traditionally. Right. Um, and Dr. Carla and Dr. Leeds, were we wanting to sit together? In this um, crowd, you might not notice if you wanted to. It's a it's a big crowd. Yeah. A lot of little old ladies and hmm. I was thinking we should sit in the same section but not in the same rows, like maybe three five row yeah. within visual or right. short run to each other, but that yeah. way if we get panned on camera, we three of us together might get noticed, even though they're not looking for us, but in retrospect, you know, mm-hmm. like a face, one face that might be recognizable with old ladies might not be seen, mm-hmm. but if they do know all three of us and they see us together, it might just... Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And this, yeah. if it's any, if it's if it's like church normally, then there's going to be empty singles spaced pretty... Sure, all over the place. Yeah, I'm pretty grab, liberally. I, I'm going to grab one of those. And I'm going to go with... Uh, the assumption someone talked about having possibly having microphones under the seat. So when I sit down, I'm going to look over the person next to me and make up this story about how I just, you know, I've got this really bad uh, ulcer and I just, the doctors can't cure it, you know, trying to hoping that they pick it up so I can get picked for some faith healing. All right. So, Eventually, people quiet down. They uh, they close the doors. Um, the place that, that sort of uh, expectant hush sort of runs over, and then suddenly the music comes up. <laughs> 
the lights come up, the music comes up, and uh, the show starts with music, uh, like a gospel choir sings, and eventually uh, Pastor Lully, who you recognize, same guy, uh, comes out to the podium, and uh, uh, it's, of course, it's a white podium, and there's ferns all around it, and flowers and lilies and stuff like that. And for an hour and a half, uh, it's basically what you'd expect from an evan evangelical Bible thumping. Uh, some of it seems a little hellfire and brimstone, more than you'd expect. Um, do a psychology roll on Lolly. Missed. Yeah, 86, I failed. Did anybody pass? I mean, I was really close. 93 out of 10. <laughs> I passed. Okay. 9 out of 10. I got a 29 out of 42. So. All right. Those of you who passed. Way to ran on my parade there. Do uh, you get the distinct impression uh, that when, when Lully is talking about the end of the world, and things like that, and the and and the you know fire raining out of heaven, and all of that stuff. There's kind of a twinkle and glee in his eye uh, that uh, you're sure that his followers probably wouldn't notice, or they would, if they noticed it, they would blank it out, you know, um, because they're followers. They're not uh, they're not critical of anything that he does. And so yeah. it goes. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Margaret, this guy really wants Armageddon. Is he charismatic to me? Or does he just seem like a, like a, a crazy fat man who spots nonsense? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's not, he's not charismatic. He's exactly what you'd expect from a TV um, evangelist. Um, are any of you... Uh, this sounds funny. Are any of you literate enough to know the Bible pretty well? I, your characters. Would that be Margaret? Would be. Um, Margaret. You notice a couple of times during the show that Lully slightly misquotes, and at first you're thinking. Well, which translation of the of the New Testament is he using? But you can't imagine that it would have been translated that way. It just sounds a little like like the others noticed a little too. Uh, God's going to rain fire down on you, and everything's going to burn, and mm -hmm. and you yeah. also kind of guess that people around you are probably once again just just passing that over and if they actually noticed that they would be thinking oh well he made a slight mistake but we love him anyway you know yeah and dr flores i mean for a preacher this guy's misquoting the bible quite a bit i mean giving it even more of a uh we're all gonna die type of feel 
Yeah, I think he might be looking for a different Armageddon than the one that's in Revelations. Um, are the are the is the crowd pretty frenzied? Yeah, I mean they're clapping and they're you know when they're swaying when they're supposed to sway and right. I've never actually been to a rally like this. So I don't Amen. Amen. I want <laughs> to watch the spotlights on him. Okay. See if he casts any unusual shadows. Well, or if they increase or grow. Maybe he's gaining energy from the the people. It doesn't look like. It's difficult to see because he's got lights from multiple angles on him. And you'd have to be setting up fairly high. Uh, are you sitting at the same level as Dr. Desmond? Are you sitting at a higher balcony? I, I, I was picturing it like a middle, not the highest, not right down. Like, like in the low, short. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. We paid 500 bucks for these seats. I hope he's not on our same level. <laughs> well, the golden circle's right in the front, so. Or you could still be on that level, but you could be way in the back. <laughs> so he could sweat on you, you know. Um, go ahead and do a spot hidden. Fifty out of fifty-five. I don't know if that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'd say that you know, once again, because of the lights, you can't tell for sure. But once because you're staring right at it. And I kind of know what I'm looking for. There's a shadow that's twisting out this way a little too much and then back again and moving. And you're like, hmm, that could look sort of serpentine. And nobody else notices it because they think it's just lights playing around. You know, on the way it's going. The music's fairly good. And, um, you know, it's, it's what you'd expect. Um, there's also a lot of talk of donation. It's also obvious that he's talking to the camera, you know, so. What kind of organ do they have? They have a whole orchestra. Oh, there you go. So the production values are pretty high. The population, the place is pretty full, I'm assuming. Yeah. Do they have, um, how do the how do how does the uh, request for offerings work? Do they have like a bunch of young people with matching blazers or something who keep passing baskets every few rows? Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, collecting that way. Plus, there's donation boxes in the back and and all sorts of things like that. Right. Um, yeah, you don't see an actual pipe organ. It's not really that kind of a church. Um, but definitely, and there's also nothing, no, no big bizarre gimmick, like a, a magic fountain that uh, spews holy water or anything like that. It's just, just him. It's his charisma and mm-hmm. fog machines. No fog machine. Yeah. No, yeah. That's smoke and mirrors, laser yeah, light that, show. That comes later. <laughs> uh, that's, that's more of a late, later 2000s type thing. All right. So eventually the service ends. Um, people imagine that they've been healed of their, their cancer, whatever. Um, people start filing out. And of course, you're in that special section. Uh, and you're there with maybe uh, a dozen other people who are all nicely dressed up. I mean, you guys are nicely dressed up because you're going to have dinner. 
and uh, after 10 minutes and people, uh, an official comes over who's dressed, dressed nicely and he says, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you'll come with me, uh, we'll, uh, we'll begin our tour after some refreshments. And he takes you to a special room. Uh, this where, is where Margaret and I excuse ourselves to do a little chanting. Okay. All right. Okay. So wherever you've hidden to do that, maybe in the ladies' room, you just suddenly, <laughs> you're ready to go. People think you've got the Holy Spirit. Got some pep in my step now. Um, there's refreshments. There's light refreshments. Um, of course, now there's there's some additional people that come in to talk about the Bible. They they show you you know this, and they're going to give you each gift Bible. Um, nothing special, but hey, who doesn't want more Bibles? Um, oh, especially if it comes from Pastor Loli. So the tour begins. And uh, I want to jump to the other, the other three that are not on the tour. Uh, you've, you've filed outside. What do you do? People are standing around talking. and Lully makes an appearance and waves to people and shakes a few people's hands. And then he, he, he goes away. So in my, in my short saunterings within the building... Mm -hmm. um where where would be the closest hallway slash um how would i get to the service elevator okay your guess is that all of the service elevators would be backstage um there's probably there's there's hallways running all around the outside on all the levels, you know, the balcony level and so forth, for people to come to, to come down. Um, you can see that there are a number of elevators uh, towards the, the lobby that obviously go up to the other floors. Uh, there may very well, you can guess that there's probably one backstage for Lully to come down from his apartments probably close with extra dimensional light. <laughs> okay. Doves come flying out as he steps out of it. Are the halls are the halls arrayed in kind of uh so you've got the circular hallways going around the uh like a theater. The atrium area. Mm -hmm. Um outside of that are the hallways arrayed in like a grid? Is it is yeah, it logical I, or yes. labyrinthian? There's, there's not much of it. It's fairly logical. And you can see that there are smaller conference rooms and things on that level that could be used for whatever they need to use them for. Okay. Um, and you, you think that it's probably likely that they might even have like wedding receptions in some of those uh, if, if, the, if somebody decided to get married in the, in the theater. Hmm. Um, so what are you looking for? Nothing in particular. I'm just trying to get a a reasonably good idea of the layout of the building. Right. 
And of course, the out, once you get to the outside, I mean, once you get to the outside edge, everything is glass. Mm-hmm. It's glass from floor to ceiling, wall to wall, uh, mirrored on the outside. At the uh, gift shop, do they have a uh, book, like collection of lolly sermons or maybe VHS tapes, you know? Oh, they, uh, they have cassette tapes and they have uh, CDs. Uh, what is the most recent season? Uh, the reason I'm at, I'm trying to figure out, hey, did he just start talking about this ultra fire and brimstone in the recent months or something? It looks like the most recent ones are from last year. Okay. I'll still pick up a copy of uh, the most recent season or whatever okay. it'd be called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Help me sleep. So, so anything else you want to scope out? Dr. Uh, uh, Heather, should we get lost in here somewhere? Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, just wander around and just kind of look around gawking. I mean, with all the people, that's not that hard to do. Um, If the people are going one direction and you go the other, if you try a lot of doors and things, you eventually find a door that's open. It probably says authorized personnel, but you go through it. Um. Let's say you go ahead and do a luck roll. My looks bad, so I'll let you roll. <laughs> Thirty out of fifty-four. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, as you step through the doors, uh, you hear uh, down the hall. You can see down the hall, it opens up into a larger room. There's no door. But you can hear a lot of people chatting. And you can hear a lot of ring, ring noises. And you're pretty sure it's a bunch of people on phone banks taking donations. Okay. That could be our cover story. We were supposed to... uh... If we get stopped, we were supposed to volunteer for the phones. We just got turned around. Yeah, that's a big place. All right. That's a cool cover story, but you realize that's going to get you sticking, st- stuck on the phones answering phones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bathroom break, you know, whatever. Coffee break, bathroom break. Cigarette break. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, let's, keep, let's keep wandering. Mm-hmm. All right, so you guys are wandering around. Dr. Dr. Flores and uh, wait, who's with you, Dr. Flores? Hi, that would be me. All right, Dr. Ev- Dr. Margaret, uh, Dr. Evans. All right. Uh, after you are, after uh, you are refreshed, uh, they begin the tour. Um, you've already seen the first and second floors. Uh, on the third floor, uh, you see uh, uh, basically uh, rooms filled with people on the telephone, taking phone calls. Uh, uh, it looks like what they're doing. Uh, go ahead and do a, a like a listen roll. Okay. 
No dice. Yeah, my ears are still ringing from the ceremony. It's an eighty-three. Um, all right. Well, what you what you do sort of get the impression of is that you you keep hearing them talking the people up. Mm-hmm. So if they want to contribute five dollars, they try to get them to do ten, fifteen, twenty-five. Uh, if I tried to bring in one of those cute little disposable cameras, would that have been permitted? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. All right. So I'm going to take a snap of this and establish my desire to remember this forever. Okay. Um, you do get the impression that these people are probably paid on commission. So the more, uh, the more money they bring in, the better they do. And who's our tour guide? Is it one person or two? Uh, your tour guide is uh, a young man. Uh, we'll call him Jonathan. Oh, it can't be Jonathan Liege. Let's see where'd that name come from. <laughs> that was one uh, heck of a cover story. He's given the tour. Why, hello. <laughs> uh, we'll make it. His name is uh, Franklin Lopez. And uh, he's showing you around. He's telling you the details, the information, how much money they bring in, how much the donations are worth. Um, uh, it seems unremarkable other than that. Um, now, he, uh, in the process, he takes you upstairs, and you are now on the fourth floor, and you can see that the fourth floor is pretty much exactly the same thing. You know, rows and rows of people uh, on the phone talking, and he's just telling you that, you know, this is all, this is all data collection on people and, you know, what they're, uh, what they're giving and when they give when they give a donation we keep that record it goes to a certain uh, uh, through a certain process where we know to call them again uh, and uh, it's very efficient and that's the way the whole company is sort of uh, keeps its money fluid uh, then he takes you up to the fifth floor and at the moment this floor is pretty much empty there are a few people in offices, but what you do notice are large bags of mail. And uh, he tells you that uh, at certain times during the week, uh, the group from downstairs on the phones comes up here and they sort mail. And uh, they can actually do it rather efficiently. It's probably going to be something that happens tomorrow because they've accumulated all of this mail. And uh, once again, it's all donations. Um, uh, it's uh, it's sorted. Uh, people who give more money are sorted into different groups than people who give less money. And that, that allows them to know when they can send out their things. Now, Mr. Lopez, I know this money mostly uh, is going into outreach. Is that is that mostly missionary work or is that expanding the broadcast system? Or Well, of course, everything goes... Uh, well, part of it goes, of course, to improving our things. We're building a new uh, stadium uh, seating uh, arrangement and so forth. But yes, there's a lot of charities that benefit from uh, contributions from uh, uh, the Citadel. Uh, we're currently bringing in uh, between three and five million dollars a year. Um, you go up to the sixth floor. Now, the sixth floor is devoted almost entirely 
to uh, the Lightning Bolt of Faith, which is the magazine that they publish. Uh, it's uh, there's there's graphic arts offices. You can see they've done they've got layouts. Uh, they uh, uh, it's a uh, they they produce a, f a four co a full color thirty two page uh, magazine, and that's uh, ten dollars a year subscription. And there's an English version and a French version. Uh, then you go up to the seventh floor. Seventh floor are banks of computers and filing cabinets, more, more filing cabinets than computers. And um, here is where a great deal of their records are stored and kept. Can right. one describe the lightning bolt of faith all over the world or only in some nations? Um, pretty much all over the world, but it's most popular in Canada. Canada and the U.S. Um, after that, you're taken into sort of a, a waiting room area. And they basically, it's very comfortable. Uh, it's got uh, it's got couches. It's got soft chairs. Uh, there's a fireplace burning. Um, there's uh, books and magazines. Of course, the magazine, the, the lightning, uh, is there. Um, and you're told that here's where you'll wait until they're ready to take you up, upstairs to the uh, to Lully's. Uh, and that lounge is on the seventh floor too, or is that that lounge is on the seventh floor? Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Margaret, I'm going to try to uh, chat up a couple of these lunatics. Uh, I'm really itching, really itching for something to happen. Um, do you want to try, do you, should we do a couple thing or should we break up? I think well, we should stay together. Uh, any, any likely looking nut job? Should we go for somebody who looks rich? I mean, they definitely would want to brag, so yeah, talkative bunch. So it's our first time uh, on one of these dinners. Um, I have to say, I'm very excited to be up close and personal with uh, with uh, Reverend Lully. God bless his soul. It's it's our first time too. We're very excited. Um, are you are you local? Uh, no, actually, uh, we're from uh, British Columbia, but uh, we've been watching Reverend Lully for so long, and uh, now we we came today and. Uh, we wanted to meet him. He's an amazing person. Oh, yes. I mean, that's the reason why we took our, our vacation to Canada. And she tells you a story about how her daughter was healed of gallstones or I don't know what. Um, um, he really is, he, you know, he's so full of the spirit. Uh, did you think that today's sermon was especially know, electric somehow? Well, he has so much charisma. Um, I, I think that he was especially, uh, especially warning us about 
the the terrors of the you know the world to come if if you're not repentant of your sins, um, even more so than he usually is. Uh, coming in from out of town, did have you have you uh, have you had a chance to be tourists at all in Toronto? We've been looking around at stuff. Did you see the the odd exhibit at the museum? Oh, we went to the museum. Yes, we did see that. Um, that was very interesting. We went to the concert. We went to an opera. Um, and of course, time marches on because they have to talk to you for 20 minutes about stuff. Um, it seems like nobody there has eaten at the Black Dragon. Ah, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Chinese food. It's just too hard on my stomach. I like Italian. And of course, that, that part of the sermon where he talked about getting rid of mongoose, you know, that was very riveting. You know, the mongoose is like, it, it's just one of those, I didn't hear that part. What is that? It's like a little rodent. And it's all Bible verses and... Uh, a lot of a lot of like bless you, you know, so nice meeting you. Oh, you know, you know that he's he's blessed because look at all of the money. Oh yes, you know Obviously that God must be on his side because of all the money. And of course, you know he, you know, God blesses those that you know help themselves. Indeed. All right. So, what do the other three want to be doing? Well, you guys have been wandering around. Eventually, somebody's going to notice you and say. Oh, we're sorry. You you must have gotten lost. And they very kindly show you where the elevator is that'll take you back downstairs. If you wander on into any floors, do you see exactly what I said to right. the other two? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, once we get kind of uh, caught, yeah, just uh, obviously go with Carlisle. So, oh, yeah, we got we got turned around, and then the architecture was so beautiful, and then, yeah, we'll take the elevator back down to at least I will. I'm assuming right. the others will go. Yeah. <laughs> Get the hell out. You, you can tell that there's probably a couple of hundred people working in here right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, how how frequent are the security are all dressed similar or yeah, like a pretty much black blazer or something like that? Um, are they kind of everywhere? No, or? not really. They're uh, you know, there's uh, you might guess that there's maybe one security person on a floor. You know, mm -hmm. upstairs they don't really need security. These are people who come here every day to work and they just go in and they're, they're talking on the phone. So uh, the security you're going to see downstairs where they've got strangers. And other than that, if they need somebody, they can call them upstairs. Right. Uh, take it they didn't have like a, uh, oh, this is where our relics are kept. Uh, you know, oh, here, look. Yeah, you didn't see anything like that. No exhibits or anything. Okay. All right. All well, right. I don't want to get in a fight, so I'm going to let it escort me back to the public area. <laughs> okay. And by the time you guys get that back down to the first or the second floor, the theater's pretty much cleared. 
you can see people cleaning because of all the popcorn that the, uh, the people were throwing in the air. I don't know. Um, Spilled coffee. Yeah, yeah they're cleaning. Um, so the doors to the theater are closed. Okay. Um, the escalator is still running, but you think they're going to turn it off soon. You end up back down. Oh, now, the, of course, the, now the escalator is all going down. Yeah, that's right. Send this down. All right. And cars are pulling out. So if that's where you've ended up, what are you going to do? There's the gift shop. There's. Yeah, I'm still going to try and float around because, you know, I'm, I'm curious when, when they'll get done. Uh, I might ask the gift shop uh, under the ruse that I'm interested in booking another tour. How long the, those dinners last? Oh, you know, an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. It's, it's a good price for meeting the Reverend. I'll have to save up for that. And it's good food. It's uh, filet mignon and whatever. All right. King crab, perhaps. So we'll say that you guys go outside. You, you talk to a few people. But after half an hour or so, the parking lot starts to clear out, except for the employees. Um, and in general, there's there's very little going on at that point. So are you going to just stand around? Are you going to go back to your car? Are you going to, what are you going to do? So before, before exiting, I'll run into uh, one of the faculty members and give them some diatribe about how I like sketching things and tourists and I don't like taking pictures I like actually you know, sketching it and asking um, if there was any place outside that gives me a good view of the best view of the cube of the citadel well they don't really know where the best if you're the artist they don't know but you're certainly free to to wander around out there. All right. And I I try and Pro make this probably not the back of the building, but yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, try you and make this conversation as, as audible and hearable to other people right. as possible without making it yeah. obvious. So nobody cares. They they find that interesting. Yeah. And they show you probably some things on the wall that artists have done. The big cube on the hill. Um but all right, so you guys are outside. Yep. Yep. And I'll wander around with uh, Dr. Dr. Leash, you know. All right. Dr. Oh yes, look at the light on this. Oh yeah. It's a big glass cube. Mm. So artistic. <laughs> all right. Dr. Evans and Dr. Flores. Um uh, a woman enters the room and she introduces herself. Uh, my name is Carla Wheelwright and uh, I am uh, Pastor Lully's executive secretary. Um, uh, I'm going to take you upstairs and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get ready for uh, our dinner. Um, and she, uh, she takes you to the stairs going up. 
and when you get to the top of the stairs uh, and the door, uh, there's a double doors and they open, uh, the first thing you notice is that there is a guard on either side of the doors. Uh, the doors open up into a rather dramatic room. It's just one, one story high. Um, it reminds you very much of a museum, except that it's like a private museum, a private collection. There are case, there are glass cases here and there. Uh, you can see right, right ahead of you, the, in, in a big case right dead center, is a Gutenberg Bible uh, that's on display and it's opened. Uh, there are various books, there are various statuary and so forth around the, the side. Uh, and you can see that this, as you pass through this, it's going to go into another room. And... So does Carla recognize us from selling us the tickets? Um, there was, I thought it was a, um, there was... Cynthia was the one that... That's right, Cynthia. Cynthia sold, sold us the tickets. I have Carla wheelwright in my notes from 25. Doesn't matter. Um, do, do the guards um, come with us or no. they're just at the door? They're, yeah. But they don't pat us down. They don't take our new Bibles away. No. They don't do like Are they wearing earpieces? Oh, uh, you don't think so. They're just standing there like, like, you know, just to make sure that, you know, everything's okay. If you need something, they'll, they'll come over and help. Um, as you pass through this room and you see a number of, of pieces of, of artwork and well, all of them with, with a religious sort of bent to them. Um, Miss Wheel, Wheelwright says, uh, uh, and here's, uh, here's our newest piece to the collection. Uh, now, don't be too alarmed. It's a rather, rather uh, frightening-looking statue. Uh, we believe that it's actually from Alaska. And you step into a room, and the room is basically circular. Uh, the room is maybe 40 feet across. Uh, the, the roof above is painted to look like a starry sky, a sort of... Um, not not realistically, but in that sort of, you know, they're little little star-shaped stars all over it uh, in constellations. And in the center of the room, there is a pedestal. And on that pedestal is that statue. And it's dramatically lit. Oh, my. Uh, yes, we uh, believe that this, uh, at least from what we understand, this is a pagan god that was worshipped by the Aleutian Indians, uh, and uh, its name is Rontagoth. Rontagoth. Why is that? Um... It was That's in... such a very interesting piece to include with all this art. Well, the pastor likes collecting uh, religious things from other religions as well. It's remarkably open-minded, but I find the thing kind of unpleasant to look at. Does anybody well, she, else feel like that's... She smiles and looks at you and she goes, yes, a little bit. 
It's hard to believe that people would have worshipped something like this. And what, what, what did you say its name was? Uh, I believe it's pronounced Rontagoth. Is it supposed to be like a sea creature? I don't know. Well, I don't know what it's what the actual religion behind it was. Hey, honey, wasn't there something like this in the museum? Oh uh, yes, this was taken from the museum. It was on display for a while, and uh, the pastor wanted it, so oh. I don't. It was just installed yesterday, or this one yesterday. Did 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 the did Reverend Lully have the ceiling done just to install this? Uh... Uh, no, this actually was. Uh, uh, this was designed uh, uh, probably two years ago. Uh, there was a statue of, well, I, I hate to say, there was a statue of Jesus in the center, but uh, that's been moved to another part of the. Uh, huh. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I again, I appreciate the Reverend's open-mindedness, but I don't, I don't like the thing. Do I recognize any constellations in this art? Um, Try a natural world roll. Yeah, if I'm yeah. Twelve. That is extreme. Okay. Yeah, I would say exactly. looking around, you're not sure about most of it because it's so stylistic, but. Yeah, you're pretty sure that that's the Big Dipper, and that's Camelopardalus, and and Leo the Lion. So. But nothing that suggests any astrological significance or date or anything. It's the Northern Hemisphere. It's not nothing striking. Right. That would have that would take that would take a lot of figuring out to figure out what day or the, the stars would be in this position. Now, there there wasn't any just chair trainer member, just there wasn't uh, that name, Brontagoth, was not mentioned in the, at the museum, was it? Yes. Or it was? Yeah. The original, uh, it was actually in the, uh, the newspaper clipping. Oh, okay. Um, it said, Something to the extent it, it had, it, there was more to it than that. It was calling it like a, a demon god, in, uh, but Rontagoth was part of the name. She might be truncating the name because she doesn't really know. Anyway, she says, so please come with me. And you go past all of that uh, through another double door into uh, a rather lavish looking room. Uh, the room itself is done up very comfortably. There's a fireplace on the far end with fire. There's a large table in the center, uh, which is formally set. There's candles on the table. Uh, there's obviously a kitchen in that direction through some double doors. Uh, and this is where you guys are going to have your meal. Uh, the head of the table has decorations behind it where Lully is going to sit and that he will be joining you in uh, a few minutes. Well, I want to jockey for a seat kind of close to him, but not right next to him. Okay. Unless the seats are already assigned. Well, if you go by formal manners, 
you guys are pretending to be married. Mm-hmm. You should sit up across from one another. Instead of next to one another. Right. right. Okay. I'll I'll go I'll go left, Margaret. Let's see if we can get second or third from the uh big man. We'll see you get third. So there's two people between you and Lolly on, on each side. And uh Are there unusual place settings? No, they, they're, they're formal. Some candles and flowers, and it's all very nice looking. Are there, is there staff waiting in there already? Uh, there are, and they're filling glasses with water. And uh, they're going to serve sacramental wine. No, I don't think they would, but um, it's just a leftover communion from church. All right. So after a few minutes, um, you almost expect kind of a fanfare, but there's not really one. A door opens and Pastor Lully comes in and just sort of instinctively, uh, everybody stands up as he comes in. Um, now, Miss, uh, Miss Wheelwright is going to sit at the opposite end of the table. And he comes in. Oh, I'm so glad that you've all come. Please, please sit down, sit down. And uh, he does his greetings. He he wants to, he, he amazingly has memorized all of your names, which you wonder if he's got a little secret earphone, but he seems to know who you all are, at least by your name. Does he look well-rested from this sermon? Yeah, do a spot hidden on him. Ninety-eight. Twenty-five. That's a success. Normal. Dr. Evans, that's almost all you could get. Um, All right. Uh, Dr. Flores, you do notice beads of sweat on his forehead. Same Um, suit as the sermon? Uh, no, it's a different suit at this point. Okay. He's changed. Thank you. But there's something... There's something about his eyes. You can't quite put your finger on it, except that they... You're not sure that the color of his eyes is consistent. Like it's... It changes... You want to say it's green, and then you want to say that it's brown. It's very subtle, but it's definitely like there's something something going on there, something that shouldn't be happening. So he's got, he's got pr- prismatic irises? Well, it's more Isn't like they just keep changing color. Uh, and he's and he's and he's perspiring lightly, uh, well, you know, like he's fat and and so forth. But do a another spot hidden, just you. Luck cannot hold seventy six. Okay, but I'm watching him. I'm watching his eyes. Are his pupils round? Yeah, they're round. 
um, and the uh, there's not enough there's light in the room, but unless you were to get up, walk around behind him, you wouldn't be able to see any kind of shadow. Does he have? Does he wear jewelry visibly? Rings? Uh, no, no, he doesn't have on any jewelry at all. So he says, well, welcome, welcome on all. Thank you so much for your contribution. It's going to be put to good use. Um, and uh, he chit chats, but it's very inane. There's, it, it almost sounds like he says the same thing to everybody, you know? He doesn't say the same thing to everybody at the table, but it's rehearsed. Everything that he's saying seems very rehearsed. Um, they bring in the first course, uh, whatever it is, it's delicious. So we'll say that the meal is progressing. Do you guys want to do anything during the meal? Uh, you know, I think at, at the, after the first course and everyone's feeling a little comfortable, and I assume there is no alcohol of any kind being served. This being a sort of fundamentalist congregation, they're unlikely to serve anything stronger than cider, especially yeah, okay. innocent cider. But you know, once people are like settled in a little bit, um, I'm gonna uh, strike up a conversation with my neighbor in Lolly's direction about the. Statue of Rondegoth, or whatever. Did you catch the name? But that terrible, strange, hideous thing. And see if he glances or attends or explains. Um, when you say the name out loud, uh, his eyes definitely jump over onto you. And he says, What do you think of my? strange little uh, acquisition there. Well, you know, there's, there's two things, Reverend. Uh, uh, if, 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 I, if I may speak plainly. Uh, of course, of course. One of them is that I thought that the, the Dern thing was a fake, so it seems strange that you'd even want it. But also, don't you think it's just just ugly in some way that feels unclean? Well, he says, I suppose beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, I, uh, I have an eye for art. I, do, I don't think that it's obviously it's not actually the god Rontagoth. Um, I think it's a, it was labeled as a fake. But I don't know. There's something about it that I find interesting. Uh, sometimes things that are grotesque, they make us appreciate the more beautiful things in life, wouldn't you say? Perhaps so. Okay. So, so while, no, while he's having this conversation, I'm kind of watching Clara at the other end of the table. Okay. Do a psychology role on Clara. Yeah, I... 98 again. Yeah. It's my favorite number today. She's, she's picking her nose. And I, right. think, I think that from your perspective, 
she hangs on every word that he says. She's as enamored as the people sitting around the table. Um, Reverend, do you know anything about what that uh, that primitive native god was supposed to be like? It looks kind of crabby to me. <laughs> From what I understand, he ruled over the north, uh, what we would call Alaska, and that the primitive uh, uh, Eskimos uh, worshipped it as a god. But uh, well, I'm glad that we know the truth. It certainly is a blessing that the white man came here. Well, there are there are ideas and traditions and religion that go back way farther than Christianity or Judaism, and uh, it's just interesting to see the folly that these people. I mean, they worshipped that thing. Why would they worship such a thing? Uh, why not? Why not worship something beautiful? I mean, I can understand why they would worship the sun or the moon. They're they're beautiful. Why that thing? I don't know. Maybe they uh, maybe they lived off sea creatures, and so they thought a sea creature was holy. I think all this pagan nonsense is troubling. Anyways, let's go on. Um, and he changes the subject and begins to talk about something else. So. As the, uh, the dinner wears on, the dinner's delicious. That reminds me, Margaret, I, had, I was trying to think about it. It's been bothering me when we were talking about pagan gods before this delicious beef course came out. And I was trying to think about that other pagan god the fella in the hotel told us about. His name was, I think it was Yig? Yag Yig? Yig, yeah, the Native American. Yeah, the, oh. like, like, like the Plains Indians. Yeah, do a spot hit me. My first pass of the day, 38. Yeah, both of you. I'll even spend yeah. luck to make it a hard success if that's necessary. There is, there is a definite wrinkle in his forehead when you guys mention Yig. And... Uh, uh, he, uh, there's an actual look of concern that crosses his face for a moment. And he says, now, 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 let's, let's talk about things less pagan and more, uh, more Christian. And, uh, but you also notice that as he begins to recite whatever he's rehearsed for all of this, that He's got his eyes on the two of you. Okay, so we have to get out of here. So I'm going to give kind of like, uh, going to give Desmond a little look here. And we're kind of eating like a steak course. And I'm going to cut my finger a little bit. Because I want to get out of here a little early. I don't want him to try to catch us alone in the hall. Okay. So, oh, good heavens. Honey, honey. Are you? Oh, yes. Uh, are you back? Um, uh, Carla, is it Carla? Yeah, Carla. Carla. I mean, it's, oh dear, you've you've injured yourself. 
And she looks up at one of the guards and she's like, this. And, and he comes over, uh, uh, take Miss Evans. Uh, she's injured herself. She, she's cut herself with a knife. Uh, honey, uh, 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 I, I have to go with you. You, you look a little, little peaked. Uh, Reverend, I'm sorry, you have to excuse us. Just, I hope for a moment. It's yes, oh, I'm so sorry. Of course. Um, Marcus there will, uh, will take you to the first aid station. Um, he definitely looks like he's maybe on to you or, or suspicious of you or maybe confused by, by you. Um, Marcus. Uh, yeah. What's Marcus's demeanor like? Cause he takes us to, uh, obedient. obedient and helpful. Um, no, I'm so, so clumsy. I'm so sorry. And he, he probably reaches in, pulls out a handkerchief. He says, here, wrap it in this until we, until we get to the... Mm-hmm. No, yes, 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 yes. And how far away is the first aid station? And uh, he's taking you out of the room, back through the museum and into a, a side room. Um, Dr. Desmond, do a spot hidden for me. Nope. Nope. I, you know, the sight of blood upsets me ever since the time in the cave. Doctor, Doctor Evans, you do a spot hit, I guess, then, just as well. Thirty. That's a hard success. Okay. So, Marcus is walking first. Uh, Desmond and uh, and Margaret, you're walking side by side. Margaret, you're holding your hand. Um, Desmond, you're trying to avoid looking at Margaret. Um, but Margaret, as you're looking, you're looking at the collection uh, as you're going out and you're pretty sure that a book in a glass case over to one side, the book is closed, but on the front cover, you can see part of the title looks like P.N. Maybe C O T Pnecotic. Yep. I'm gonna elbow Dr. Flores. The stolen book. By this time you're you're past that. Yeah. All right. So he takes you in. Uh there's nobody else in there. He just takes you in and basically there's a box on the wall with a red cross on it and uh, he pulls out uh, antiseptic and, and band-aids. Oh, 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 oh please. Oh, oh, thank you. You can go help the others. We can find our way back. All right. And he obediently leaves. So you now are in there by yourself. Okay. So um, they might have another hour or so where he's tied up with dinner. Right, he's going to give some speech, I assume. Uh, the question is, is, are those vitrines wired, or can we um, borrow the book he borrowed and get the app out of here before? Oh, yeah, you you don't know if they're wired or not. It's under a glass case. Like a uh, that's the, 
Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's uh, that's the question. Do we want to? Do we want to smash and grab, or just get the hell out of here? Because he did. Didn't it smell to you like he was looking at us funny? He was, and I mean, if that's a stolen book, I'd be surprised if he called the cops on us <laughs> to try to retrieve his stolen. Yeah, it's not the cops I'm worried about. It's his thugs and maybe him. Right, but but if we take it, then he can't use it to uh, bring his uh, Aleutian Island crab god. Right, and the world. No, I, I I definitely agree with you. Are you still feeling uh, full of vinegar? vinegar? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll try subtle. So okay, we're gonna. You're nice work with the knife, by the way. Like, oh. You've got a lot out of a tiny cut. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if the endurance chant is why your heart's beating so fast. It almost looked like you were like arterially spurting there. Yeah, it's just a... um, so do you want to go to the outer door and I'll tilt the case and if it makes a noise we'll just throw ourselves out the window and run for the hills seems reasonable alright so you're going to actually try to do that um, alright so as you step out of the room um, do a luck roll. I'm not feeling very lucky. Yeah, neither am I. All right. So when you step out of the room, uh, Marcus is waiting for you. So he says, uh, cool. All right, we ready? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I have a, uh, I have a problem with with uh, a, anemia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have have a little iron. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to go. I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're gonna have to excuse us. I'm gonna need to drive. It's not, it's not an emergency room kind of thing, but we're gonna need to get Margaret. Uh, you know, where she can lay down and, and we don't have to move her for a bit. Um, but, uh, you know, again, apologize to the Reverend for us. We really appreciate the hospitality. Next time we're in town, we're coming back for another dinner. All right. Um, let me take you over to the elevator and I'll, I'll convey my condolence, your condolences to uh, Pastor. Okay, thank, thank you so much. God bless you. And he takes you over to the elevator and puts you inside and hits the button for you. And down you go. All right. You reach the bottom of the elevator and it opens and uh, you can see the front doors and you head towards them. And just as you get to the front doors, uh, one of the security guards uh, opens the door for you and lets you out. Sorry, that was <laughs> had to build some suspense. Uh, the rest of you notice the two of them come out, uh, and nobody else comes out. Sure. Mm. I forget. Did we take two cars or just one? 
We didn't say. We, we took as many cars as we could to spread out the. Well, okay. either way, you're, you're parked near each other. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So they start I, heading across the parking lot to you. Well, once I see them coming out the doors, I have the car gunned and ready just in case. I don't know if they're being followed. I don't know if they're going to come running yep. out. And under endurance chant, a little bit of pain. Really worried. I'm just constantly just saying out loud to myself. Don't run, don't run, don't run, don't run, don't run, don't run. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the long and the short of it is, uh, he, you, we already knew he's a monster. He's a monster. Uh, he's enshrined that thing in his chapel. Uh, and the stolen copy of the Nonconic Manuscript is part of his weird room of religious shrine objects. So mm. we were going to try to grab it, but we didn't pounce on the bouncer. So we're going to have to go to sleep for the next 10 or 15 hours. Well, Sometime. we could... So the book was stolen. The police are involved. We have two eyewitnesses. Yeah, yeah but you know what? I think we need to secure that book because if it winds up in law enforcement hands, it, through legal channels, could go directly back. To we, the person who stole it? Not necessarily, but we're not sure how far. If we could get it back into the hands of that bookstore, and that, well, they wouldn't sell it, would they? That's what they were saying too. It, it was stolen from a museum. Was it a museum? I thought it was the. Uh... No, it was stolen from the museum. If you're right, if... you look like you've. Uh, Sorry, I uh, lose a lot of blood there. <laughs> just a little bit. You get yourself a tiny cut, and the uh, you know. The chant just pumps it all out of you. Huh. Hmm. That's good to know. Are you going to drive to someplace before you have a long conversation? Yeah. Let's drive to a diner and not go directly to the hotel just in case mm -hmm. we're being followed. And I think, I think involving the police at least trying to get them to raid our the Borg cube would. Uh, now it's going to take some time, though. Possibly get warrants and. Uh, yeah, that's true. My concern got, is how big yeah. a deal this guy is in, in these parts. You know, he's yeah. got money and influence, and for all we know, that the local police are as crazy as the ones back in San Damiel, and will say, "Well, you're a bunch of Satanists." That's what I was getting at. And who knows how far his reach is. And um, we all, it's not far-fetched to say that there's some sort of demon or monster out there. If that book has power to control or summon a demon, I don't think that book belongs back in any damn museum. I think it belongs in a fire pit. That's fair. Hmm. So what, okay. what should we do? We have, we do have options. A few of them loud and gas leaky, but. Hmm. The only problem is, is that Desmond and I are out. We can't 
come back here. Um, yeah, if we haven't mentioned it, uh, we're pretty sure Lily's, uh, I mean, I mentioned the Alaskan king crab, but I mentioned Yeg, and he gave me uh he was at that at that point we were pretty much in danger. Well, right. a few of you seen the shadow, and we've seen the videotape with the shadow, so we we're pretty. He's a demon. Yeah. Uh, Carlisle, Leash, and and Mills, do an idea roll. That might be an extreme. Regular. Let me make sure. Come on. Um, Jason? Oh, nine. I was muted. Oh. Sorry. Oh, yeah. That's, right. I, I have an extreme. Let's say that the three of you, while you were wandering about, you did more than just wander about. You looked for ways of avoiding being seen if you chose to reaccess the building. If you chose to come in at 3 o'clock in the morning, you have a good idea of where you could move to where nobody would see you. You didn't see any security cameras okay. in the building. Okay. So on, my, on the, on the back side of the, the paper that I was sketching the outside of the building, I've got a little map of the grounds. Yeah. And I confer with Ethan. Alright, so if we go here and behind this little copse of trees yada 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 yeah and if i was doing occult ceremonies in the church i wouldn't ha want to have video camera evidence either or have it near the glass exterior or i mean we have to keep in mind that i mean this i'm sure lowly wasn't a snake creature his entire life no so maybe in before whatever happened to him did, maybe he didn't care too much about security, you know? And now the snake monster can't deviate too far from his behavior without erasing, you know, arousing too much suspicion. I wonder when our I wonder when our uh, serpentine pastors start started collecting things and if there's any sort of public record on that. Well, we know we know about when the we can find the newspaper article about the uh, the stolen book, mm -hmm. which I think will coincide with the start of the murders, mm -hmm. or at least the disappearance of the cab driver, whatever that initial contact was, where this serpent well, creature joined the mix. Yeah, the whatever. murders started. But yeah, let's let's try and find. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think we'll need to look. Yeah, it'll probably be look roughly into Lily's life past rough. the uh, start of the murders. And you know, this. Right. I was trying to think to myself, what, why, impersonate the pastor? But, I mean, if you look, this they've been using the resources to buy their, almost like their little shopping list. And yeah. it's a perfect cover. Who's going to suspect <laughs> a reverend? Mm-hmm. Besides us. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, I, if we're going to break in, we can't do it tonight because Margaret and Desmond are going to be wiped out here pretty soon if it's the past uh, performance is in the indication. 
after they get done dancing, of course, you know. Yeah, you gotta get this, you gotta get all this energy out. This is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Let's uh, let's have you all do idea rolls. See if I can get this right. I actually rolled a ten. Fifty-four is a pass. Not as good as Hard. ten, though. Hard. Normal. Fail. Heather's just thinking of, of Glon Sandy. <laughs> he would have liked this building. He would have known how to break in. Oh, Magnus, my sweet he, Magnus. He broke into my heart. With the, with the information that you've gotten so far, sitting in the diner, putting things together, and it seems to you that... on the timeline that Reverend Lully's been preaching for years, but at some point prior to the museum's uh, exhibit, uh, they would have discovered the statue in the basement. Shortly after that, the guy working on the sewer in the museum disappeared. Um, After that, there were at least two murders that took place. And then Pastor Lully's uh, chauffeur disappeared. And nobody knows where he went. After that is when Pastor Lully sought to acquire the statue. So there is this thing switching people. When Dr. Heather listens to some of the tapes, the followers of this guy might not notice it, but there was a distinct change from the, the last sermons that he gave to the one that he listened to the other day. There Sunday, a change of personality, maybe. Um, Also, the attack on uh, the attack on Rothmersham occurred before Pastor Lully's chauffeur disappeared. Does that all make sense? Yeah, so it's like it's switching hosts to get what it needs done. Well, the chauffeur was found skinned. No. No, uh, they didn't find him at all. Or no, no the, uh, the security the guard. Security right. guard, was guard was found skinned. Right. I mean, or had shed his skin. Mm. Any of you guys familiar with a... a uh, Notorious and disgusting individual by the name of Gein. Well, he's been dead for a while. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know him, so I'm not familiar. Your yeah, friend, a bunch, of, a bunch of my a bunch of my students actually informed me of this individual that he uh, apparently liked wearing other people's skins. Mm-hmm. 
I'm wondering if there's a, uh, a similar bent here. Also, your encounter with uh, the cab cabbie that got killed, that would have happened after the chauffeur disappeared. Mm. Maybe within a day or two after the chauffeur. Right, but the cabbie, the cabbie died after he'd already taken Pastor Loli because that's what the cab driver was trying to call in. Right. Yeah. Right, and Lily would uh, need a cab more if his chauffeur were missing. Or if you were a serpent creature and you'd already killed the chauffeur and switched. So awesome. we're thinking it went from the security guard to the chauffeur to Lily? Is that the sequence of travel? It lo- if you follow the murders, it looks like it went from the museum to another victim near the university to if you're going to include uh lolly it would have happened the chauffeur somewhere in there then it would have happened to the cabbie that you guys found and pastor uh, i'm sorry i of course i've got to throw in rothmersham in there as well mm-hmm. rothmersham happened before the before the cabbie no, happened after the cabbie. So yeah, there's something. It definitely seems like if this is if this is Pastor Lully, or it was so, Pastor Lully at some point. So when it jumps out of the person to the next, that host dies, correct? Well, we is don't. That, I'm thinking no. But I, I mean, if it, if it was Lily and then attack Rothersham, it looks like it can either switch. It can kind of switch as kind of what Dr. Liege was saying, or there's more than one. Yeah. I don't know if there's a host. It might just be something wearing people. Uh, Dr. Desmond, uh, do uh, an idea roll. I'm happy to report a 13, which is an extreme. She also, do you have a cult at all? I have uh, a little Cthulhu mythos. I have almost no occult. Okay. Standard. Well, I think I'll give it to you anyway. His eyes kept changing. All the time that you were there, you're not sure that what you were seeing was real. Because his shadow would have been right. Yeah, an object that blocks photons casts a regular shadow. An illusion can look like anything. And it was there was something unstatic about him. There was something inconsistent about his appearance. So you think it's hiding with, with magic disguising itself? I think it's less literal than putting skin on, I guess. And more like, yeah, changing its shape adjusting its form to be useful in different ways while it proceeds with whatever its agenda is, which presumably has to do with the statue and with the narcotic manuscript. Yeah. And, and what, where was the narcotic manuscript? Was it from the university library or the university? It's from a private, privately owned uh, university, uh, privately owned uh, library museum of rare books okay. that was smashed. And the only thing taken was that. Right, yeah. 
trying to figure out why it would uh, the mother's the, milk. Why it would have killed the high school student that was going to a swim meet? The kid probably to the, get into the. If it's killing people to take their forms, maybe. Yeah, but I could see the Nathaniel Moore, the sewer worker working at the museum. So it found that that thing with that that crab statue was there. Brian Lombardo, the high school student. I mean, he was at a swim meet. Oh, he was a, Was he a college student or high school student? This one was a high school student. Uh, the one after Brian was Russell Simons. He was a 25-year-old student at the university. Right, but the students could get a pass to check out books from the yeah. library. So perhaps they took the, their form to actually take a gander through the Nicotic Manuscript, make sure that it's real, has the information that they need, and then steal it. Yeah, but the manuscript was at a private library. It wasn't at the university library. So, But weren't they saying something about having an agreement with the university or am I just misremembering something? I've, I might just be totally misremembering. Private, privately owned library. And what about the missing organs? Is there just a sort of collegial agreement between the, the Chocho and Yig? No, maybe it only needs to eat certain organs to be able to take the shape. Hmm. And maybe if it eats the heart or the brain or the heart and lung, or I don't know. But it maybe it just only needs to eat certain organs to learn how to change itself. I'm slightly comforted by that. Because after, after what Desmond said, I was thinking, well, this thing might be able to take whatever shape it wants. Then we'd have, you know, John Carpenter's the thing on our hands. <laughs> Never saw it. Looked too scary. Um, great, great practical effects. Well, let's say say it is doing, it is hopping from person to person like that. What what can, what can we do about it? Kill it. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Uh, do we know so does, does the Reverend a... Lully does the Reverend Lully have quarters? Yeah, that was my exact thought. Um, I, I didn't say it, but yeah, there are def. There's definitely that's where he lives. He lives on the eighth floor. Okay, those rooms yeah. he doesn't necessarily use privately, but you could tell the place was designed so that he could live up there. Desmond, that book that you've been studying, I wonder if there's any type of not like. I don't know, not protection, like a binding ritual in there or something. That would be worth looking into. Yeah, I mean, I know like general occult things, a uh, circle of salt, things like that, but I don't know fact and fiction now because we've learned so many new things actually exist, but we know that book is real because the chant is real maybe just maybe there'd be something in that book or the book in in the citadel i can't yeah. read latin so well i you know i don't know how long i've got uh these pancakes are amazing and also that veggie burger is pretty good uh and i thought that the mint chocolate chip shake was going to be gross with the burger but it's really good yeah 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 um, and the bacon's really good the eggs you know, I can, I, I'm happy to like, when we get back to the hotel, pour over it and, and I'll tell you, I'll write down any note, but I, you know, nothing offhand, nothing yet, nothing yet that is useful that way. Yeah, just keep eating carbs, bud. 
I, I'm just under the assumption that if we're fighting supernatural, we need a supernatural means to dispatch it. Right. Hmm. Well, I mean, just because it's supernatural doesn't make it immune to bullets, but we don't have any guns. But I mean, also this thing killed an entire lab full of people pretty easily. Right. That's why I'm thinking we ha we can't go the conventional route. We have hardware stores. We have an individual who is pretty good with locks from what I've seen. And we have surprise. Yeah. A little surprise. <laughs> but we would have to ensure that only Loli was hurt. All of these followers of his are following a man of God. They're innocent. Right, but I mean, we have to start weighing stuff, Dr. Carlisle. I mean, this what is this snake monster going to do? I mean, if we have to hurt a couple of people to stop it, I mean, as much as I hate it. You know, where do we... Well, that's why I'm saying we have to know our options. That's it. I I don't want to live my life out knowing I killed parishioners of a church to, you know, there's got to be a way without violence or at least without hurting the innocent. So my my initial vague plan I spend could probably have a could probably have um, a substantial gas leak prepared. Well, what well for to, by tomorrow afternoon? How much do we think this thing is like an actual snake? Now it's snake-like, but I'm curious if there's like any pet stores that will sell snake care guides, and they say don't have these chemicals around snakes. You know, right. what's toxic to snakes? Uh, what if we prepare something that like is pretty detrimental to snake? Yeah, exactly. Something that's pretty bad for snakes, but people will be more or less okay. Might be worth having. I mean, definitely don't want to have that be our only option because, you know, I might feel miserably. But it might be to help Dr. Carlisle. We might have an option to just only take out. And, yeah, and cans of... And cans of uh, dust off or something like yeah. that. Fire extinguishers are cold. Worked in the blob. Also, we we have our box cutters, our utility knives. If we catch it asleep, I'm all for putting down this demon. I have no moral quandary yeah. for that. Oh, obviously, it's been putting well, uh, down other things. So. Yeah, this fire extinguisher idea is also not bad, Heather. Yeah, maybe have like, uh, yeah, because they're cold. Snakes don't like cold. So, uh, Jonathan, what's that other chemical used in high-end um, fire suppressant systems? It's like a freon or a very cold spray. Hi, um, how how Halon? Halon? I I, th I'm, I figured he was the chemist. He would know. Uh, you're you're a zoologist. It. What do snakes hate, <laughs> Doctor Carl? Um, actually, yeah. Can, I, in, in can I do my um, animal handling slash natural world? 
Sure. Uh, 21 out of 70. Mongoose. <laughs> Not mongoose. <laughs> Just go find the biggest mongoose we can from the zoo. Snakes do not function in low temperatures very well at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just didn't know if there was anything else. Let me know. Uh... Ricky Ticky Tommy. All right. What was the temperature in the church like? Um, a little chilly, but uh, um, air conditioned. Yeah. Um, not too cold. It was. Uh, it was well. The other two would tell you it was warmer upstairs. There were fireplaces and stuff. All right. It's also still record high temperatures. Right. But that's a big. That's a big sealed building that has climate control, etc. Right. Which actually might be, Doctor Liege, an interesting avenue as well. Because that whole building, I are there? Is there a single window that opens? I don't. I doubt it. Not a not those big out not those big external panels. They're just it really set the uh, HVAC system to yeah. They're like so the the external panels are something like eight by twelve sheets of glass. Those aren't going to open. They're going to be heavy. Right, and also architecturally, that's not the kind of building where you have windows that you open by your desk. It's like everything's glass and it's all constructed. And this giant HVAC system on the roof. Exactly. You know, droning away, moving all that air around. It's probably tempered glass. You wouldn't be able to break it very easily either, yeah. inside or outside. Is anyone good with uh, mechanical repair? Maybe crank that air conditioner up and cool that place down? Or just rupture the uh, coolant line? Would that work? Well, it's probably Freon. Yeah. Freon in the line. Or something else with a stupidly low boiling point. But if you ruptured it, then it would, it would, it would warm up. Well, if you rupture it into the... If you rupture it into the, the room or whatever. Oh, to spread the chemical. Yeah. Yeah, we could break... I mean... I mean if we could get the from... and then come in with fire extinguishers, I think. Fire extinguishers would be a better option, but uh, they're not. Fire, that, fire extinguishers, and then a little special surprise that you have prepared. Right. Blow them down, and then. Yeah, even the Halon ones aren't going to be super cooling. The super cooling, the super cooling chemicals are all in the little canned airs. Because the oh, fire extinguishers are. Did you put mostly... together something that's extremely uh, endothermic? Reaction, you know? Maybe. You need some specialized chemicals for that, though. I don't know if we could get those in such sort. Should, that, I mean, or maybe we're complicated. This. Maybe just something that almost just sprays dry ice. Jury rig something like MacGyver. Well, now that I think about it, azalea and cannabis are highly toxic to, to um, snakes. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Really? We, we learned that the hard way when uh, one of the um, undergrad students left his stash. They dropped his stash in the snake enclosure. 
Mm. Uh, college students will be college students. All right, Heather, we got to like, get you on that. I have got quite a few students that would have perked up at your sentence there. Did the, did the snake smoke it? Ah, it ingested it. And, oh, who am I talking to? It ingested it, and uh, <laughs> the waiter happens to... Oh, yeah, the snake ingested it and uh, got extremely <laughs> sick and uh, had to be in the medical bay for over two weeks. Hmm. Well, I'm going to tell the waiter that I'm going to order another round of... Uh, pancakes. Pancakes and bacon and eggs and... All right, so um, dry ice gun and I don't know what what how would you weaponize how would you weaponize cannabis and azalea? Um, he could eat. We could make a mixture of it somehow and make sure he ingests it. But trying to force trying to force a snake thing to eat is not something we want to be doing on the clock. We could just blow it in his face. Yeah. No, we we ingest it so it makes it what it eats us, it dies too. That too. That's the you know, I'm not opposed to that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna be clear headed and think through this one. And a little secret that was my stash that the snake ate. Get enough. (laughs) If we uh, get enough, we could hot box the whole building. Real, real quick though, um, we're talking about cold, and the I think if the name is right, Rontagoth is an Alaskan god. We might be barking up the wrong tree with cold. I don't know. Well, ideal, ideally, we'd stop it before any sort of yeah. I don't think we're after Gothy shenanigans happens. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, if this thing is on the same level as as our good friend um the divine mother was old shubby we can yeah there's nothing we could do to touch that and why would a snake be worshiping uh an alaska who said that it's worshiping it maybe it's trying to end the world and people can rise i don't know dr carlisle i wish i did shoot dr evans to an idea role yeah, I'm giving you guys a lot of idea rolls right now. Yeah, ninety four. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Swinging. You just spilled the pancake syrup all down your throat. Oh, jeez. The pancakes are supposed to go in your mouth. Well, you know what? I'm it. I'm a little I'm a little jittery, Doctor Leash. A little. And still low on jittery. blood. Actually, we should we should get your blood pressure. Because I wonder if the endurance chant, you know, I think the bleeding is increases stopped. the. Well, you, you had lost a lot of blood. I wonder if I wonder if your blood pressure is normalized or elevated, then, that would give us an indication of whether or not the uh, endurance chant enhances, at least the, uh, the propagation of blood cells in your in your system. Well, you know what? You go find you go find a blood pressure machine from a nurse, and I'm gonna keep eating. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, we could get azalea is probably a lot easier than cannabis. So, uh, right. Those, those have those have those at garden stores. 
Uh, Ethan, do you know what do you know what compound in azaleas are toxic? Uh, let me think. Hold on. Compound K. <laughs> compound K. Yes. Is it is it uh, an ester? Is it a probably not an ester? Is it like in the flowers? Is it a, is it a coloring compound in the flowers? Is it an enzyme produced by the chlorophyll producing cells on those? I believe it's from the flower, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Okay. Well, I could probably run an I could probably run an extraction on azaleas a hell of a lot faster than making enough. <clears throat> well, then uh, pre prepping a gas leak. The other question is, what kind of time scale are we thinking about? Because my concern is that now that he has the text and the statue in place, maybe whatever and he has the milk mm -hmm. we believe yeah. right he's got a supply of the milk from the break in at Rockmerson. yeah we're we're so, assuming that he does yeah. but what if i mean what if the narcotic manuscript has nothing to do with uh roth gall or whatever it's called you know, what if what if those three things have nothing to do with each other? What if the stink creature is just gathering whatever it can? I don't know. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that he bought Rondegoth. That's true. Um, it might be the narcotic manuscript is of interest for other reasons. You know, maybe like De Vermis Mysterious, it's interesting in its own right. Um, there is some kind of bind enemy spell in the Vermes, but I would have to look at the text again before I could try to explain it, and I don't know if. Okay, so, okay, so maybe it it did a little test run with a sample of the milk, liked what it saw, and so bought it. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Well. Yeah, maybe uh, they used some of that milk on the statue, releasing some sort of power, so he knew the statue contained an entity or contain. You know what I'm? Well, yeah. I think I think we before we move on. If something happens tonight, what can we do to stop it? Because we've got we've got two people who most likely most likely will be down and out in a couple hours yeah that's why i was saying we should go tomorrow night we all get a little azalea boutonnieres that so we'll look classy go in steal that manuscript bash the statue with like a three pound sledge and then uh pray hmm. <laughs> i like there. i like the idea of running a running an extraction and getting a syringe and then juicing our dear friend. I like that. Worst case, it'll slow him down. Mm hmm Yeah. I, yeah but I'm actually, 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 worst case, yeah. worst, worst case, case, we wake him up yeah. from whatever stupor he's in, and we all get our heads eaten by some large snake thing. But I was trying to think positive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I say we got to try. Mm -hmm. 
Right. It's a question of whether or not it's urgent enough that you should go without us or do relax we, yeah, enough do we wanna... to go in, force in 24 hours when I assume, I mean, mm -hmm. and I don't even know whether or not we'll be able to receive the benefit of the chant after we sleep it off. Mm -hmm. Maybe right. not, but if he did cue in on you guys, he might be on heightened security tonight. 24 hours pass or the night passes, he might relax it again. Ah, that was just that's yeah, that's that's fair. No, that's not crazy, especially since we fled. Or it might accelerate his timeline. I don't know. Yeah, it could, but I mean I mean I mean if if anything, we should definitely watch him. Because if he's gonna go collect anything else. Well, we've got yeah. we've got uh binoculars. We can watch the building while you guys are sleeping enough. Or, I mean, just find where he's going, wait for him to get out of his limo, and then run him over. I like that idea. Simple. All right. You know, Ethan, if you had a if you had your Trank rifle again. Oh, I have it. Do you? Didn't we have... I had one uh, pistol. Well, I know you, but you're I know on you mute. Had... Tom, you're on mute. I know your rifle got smashed by Jenny, but... Yeah, but that was months ago. I uh -huh. requisitioned. Yeah, I think you told me that you brought a, a pistol. Yeah, pistol that they wouldn't give me the rifle or something, but I had a trank pistol. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. And you managed to. Okay. Awesome. Ash. Yeah. Tonight you can show me how your darts work, and we can uh, rig up a flowery a flowery projectile. Uh I'll go uh, sit out there and kind of watch. If we wanted to watch, I'll go. I'll I'll go out there and take the first shift. Yeah, we can do shifts. Yeah. The uh, the Citadel's windows are mirrored. Does that mean that you can't tell what floors are lit at night, or does it glow through them greenly or something? If it's like one-way glass, it depends on how the lighting is. If the lighting is outside is brighter then you can't see past it. Yeah, but if there's more light coming outside, yeah. Right, but on the overnight, I'm wondering if his suite will become very evident when there is no external light except for, I'm sure the parking lot lights are all downward pointing and it's eight stories, so. Well, it won't help for tonight, but, oh, sorry. It won't help for tonight, but public, uh, I mean, building floor plans are public domain, so we could get, floor plans for the building and then just by sheer elimination we could figure out what's an apartment by gas line toilet line yeah, yeah. it'll be monday and tomorrow so yeah and this afternoon isn't completely spent it's three o'clock no we went to dinner around like six but we left early yeah, it was an early dinner too but it's probably at least yeah. six or seven by oh, now okay. we're dinering Right. Okay. All right. Darn. So we can't. Make you know how good that food was. The portion sizes were just way too small. Moment on the oh, lips. That's how it is. <laughs> there might have been. There might have been five more courses after you guys left. You know, yeah. benefit of the doubt for our snake man. We do know who likes to eat. Desmond, mm, yeah. did you happen to what notice? Did you guys... Oh, I, oh, excuse me one second. I need to go cancel a credit card. 
<laughs> right. Did you notice if he actually ate anything? Was he eating or was he just, he was, okay. Yeah, whatever was sitting there was eating with relish. Yeah, what and did again, you guys have? Like his, his eyes were weird, but he wasn't non-corporeal because he was also perspiring. Yeah, you know, and he, he, he changed clothing. So I don't know what kind of illusion we're talking about or changeability, mutability. Yeah. What did you guys eat? Like eggs? Oh, they had like a salad. They, they had like eggs. salad, a soup, and then they brought out a steak, which is where I uh, made our exit. Thanks. Don't know what was coming after that. Hmm. Lots of rolls. There was one of those iceberg wedge things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of mice. That was weird. Sanka. <laughs> there was Sanka, which I just don't get. Guinea pigs. Guinea pigs like in B. <laughs> uh rodents birds all right <laughs> actually, yeah, his jaw would unhinge it was the craziest yeah. what sort of what sort of snake are we dealing with here is this yeah. dude like, he would grab his steak uh, and he would just squeeze it yeah or dealing with a anaconda no but now you say cobra into your hole that's what i'm asking wasn't there cobra venom yeah was it cobra yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah Spitting. We might want some. We might want some antivenom on hand. Get a little like mass so they can't spit in my face. Exactly what I was thinking. We face might, shield. Yeah. We might need All to right. get a tube of antivenom or two. All right. I'm gonna All have right. to contact the local zoo. All right. So you guys are are sitting here yeah. in the diner, and that's probably a good place for us to break. What do the other patrons of the diner think? Uh, there's too much the the din of noise at Denny's. Oh, okay. That's why they call they're it not... Denny's. Oh, there you go. It's all din. So we're not getting. Also, there, there there's a lot of scraping of a fork and knife between Desmond and myself, just shoveling it in, and people just just chatting with one another. I've heard of all you can eat pancakes, but good God, guys are putting them away. We're gonna eat this franchise out of business, okay? They <laughs> were not prepared. <laughs> Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Brian Daly, Keith Craig, Jason Melnichok, and uh, David Gassaway with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Uh, you can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good day.